You're listening to the Jesus Habit Podcast, where we use scripture and science to make your new nature in Christ second nature. Episode 124, where we talk about the formula for transformation. Well, here we are. We are back again for another uh, another rousing episode of the Jesus Habit. Are you excited? Woo! I'm sure you are. And I know you are. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening, right? I mean, who would who would listen to a podcast like this if you weren't? Ex- I mean, how could you not be excited about Jesus and making a habit out of Jesus? I mean, seriously, how how could you not just be like that's? I mean, so especially. Especially what we're talking about today, because I mean, today is one of the things that I am particularly enjoy. Um, I'm kind of proud of it. I mean, maybe I shouldn't be proud of it. I don't, I don't know how successful it is yet, but so I want to share with you. Last week we shared with you the three kind of three core components, the three minimum requirements for transformation. We talked about the content the context and the community of discipleship. Now you have to have those three things. Without those three things, you're not going to succeed when it comes to being a disciple. You're not going to succeed in any kind of transformation, any kind of change, and that's based on science. And there's some books I shared with you last week, like Influencer from uh, Joseph Grinney, uh, The Power of Habit, Atomic Habit, all those things have played into to those ideas and talk about that. But today, I'm going to build on that just a little bit. But this is a formula that I've created. I guess I could, I, I, I can, I think I can claim that I've created this formula. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't, but I'm going to. <laughs> it's actually a combination of formulas. Uh, it's a combination of ideas. It's a combination of study and research and all those things um, that, that are, that are adding to all of the, that, where this formula is coming from. So, I, I think you know I'm gonna I'm just gonna claim credit for the formula because I put it together. I I suppose I suppose I need to give credit to some people. So for instance, some of this is based on a, a Dave Ramsey formula from his book uh, Entree Leadership, where he talks about momentum comes from focused intensity over time multiplied by God is how you get momentum. All right, so some of it comes from that. Uh, uh, another place it comes from is you've probably all heard the idea that information plus application equals transformation. And, and so part of it comes from that. And, and that's true. It's a, it's a technically, technically true statement, right? To say that if you apply the information you learn, you will be transformed. It's technically true. But, but the problem is the application, right? The problem is... We we don't we don't succeed at applying it. Case in point: How many thousands of sermons have you listened to? And by thousands, I mean thousands. I've listened to thousands, maybe tens of thousands of sermons in my lifetime. And how many how many of those sermons have you actually applied to your life? We live it like in this information era, right? Where where it's easy to get information. <laughs> It's easy to go online and find a good sermon. Easy to go on YouTube and just you know watch you know sermon after sermon after sermon. In fact, I've you know heard and I know quite a few people who that's what they do. They just they just kind of turn on YouTube and they just let it autoplay onto the next one, right? You, know, you listen to Stephen Furtick and Matt Chandler and Francis Chan and all these good guys, great sermons, you know, rousing, exciting, 
you know, inspiring content, you know. But uh, how much has it changed us? And and maybe you don't do that. Maybe you don't listen to sermon after sermon after sermon. But but you probably listen to your pastor's sermons, which I say is a very good thing. There is absolutely no need for you to go out and listen to ten thousand pastors, you know, from around the world in their sermons. I definitely do not need to do that. I support you listening to your pastor. You know, if you're listening to this podcast and I'm not your pastor, I support you listening to your pastor's sermons. <laughs> you know, there's no need uh, for 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 you to to have to feel like you need to go listen to my sermons. If you want to, that's fine, but you should absolutely support your pastor's preaching because you go to his church. God puts you in that church, and that's a that's soapbox. I'm not going to get. Don't need to get too too. Uh, don't need to get my feet too clean on that one today. But we've listened to a lot of sermons, but they haven't changed us. We we've heard a lot of content, and in fact, there are a lot of uh, like I talked about last week. Most discipleship tends to be content based. I have books on my shelf that are discipleship guides, discipleship journals, like Discipleship Essentials by Ogden. Great book, but it's all almost entirely based on content, content, content. Well, you can know a lot of really good information, know the right information, and still be a really horrible Christian. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know some people like that, right? You know some people like that that come up come to mind when you think about people who know a lot about Christianity but don't live it out. Right, I've been in a lot of churches over the years and been around a lot of people who have been Christians for a long time, and they've heard a lot of good sermons, and they know a lot of biblical content, and they could argue till they're blue in the face for their theological point of view, but they are still jerks. That's putting it nicely. So, information alone is not good enough. We need, we need just a little more than information. Actually, we need... A lot more than information. So, what are we talking about here? What what is the thing we're needing? Okay, so here's my formula. All right, it's a combination of that that formula: information plus application. All right. So, if you imagine you know an old you know like an algebra equation in your mind, and you know so on the top above the line, you've got you know like a fraction: information plus application over time. So there's that borrowing from Dave Ramsey: information plus application. Over time, so put time on the bottom of the fraction on the equation. Information plus application over time. Surrounded by, on the right side, you've got, you know, you've got the two parentheses. The parentheses on the left uh, can represent community. The parentheses on the right can represent context. Multiplied by God equals transformation. Right? So... Information, that would be the content. Information plus application, applying that to your life. Over time, surrounded by a supportive community and surrounded by a supportive context, multiplied by God equals transformation. Now, I want to break this down just a little bit. I'm not going to drone on and on and on about it, even though I could because it's, you know I'm excited about it. But you know, it's, it's, you got to have the right information. Our source has to be God's truth. We cannot just, you know, apply, you know, you can't just go and apply all the scientific ideas that are out there and hope to be a, a, a discipled person. You can't just apply all of the good. I mean, you you can't just, 
you know, apply all, you know, whatever feel good information you come across and expect to become a, merge, uh, a mature disciple. You got to apply the right information, right? The information has to be from God. It has to be built on God's truth, God's word, God's principles, God's way of life, right? So information and applying that information to your life, that makes sense. We get that. But applying it is where it breaks down. We don't always do it. Like, like we, you can't just, you know, become a mature Christian overnight. So it takes time. So we have to apply that information over time. We have to have a, a supportive community around us that supports that supports that applying of that correct information, right? So it means the community that we're in has to be in agreement. That's one of the one of the reasons why, you know, you know, over the years I kind of really emphasize that that yeah, I mean it's good to listen to other sermons, but you got to be you know, listen to other pastors, whatever, you know, but you know, what, what really helps is when you're in a community of believers who are on the same journey with you, like the same transformation journey that you're on. Right? So, you know, you know, if you're if you're a part of our church at Six Eight Church, then I strongly recommend that you're in community with people at Six Eight Church talking about the same thing that we're talking about as we go through this spiritual journey together. Why? Because that helps support the application of the information. It's this. It's all of this stuff that works together to to really uh, give us that synergy that people talk about in the business world, right? These things come together and make something uh, greater than the sum of its parts. So, information plus application over time, sur- surrounded by a supportive community and a supportive context. And we talked about how you know your context. You know, you can have you can you can have the best intentions, but if your context is working against you, you're not going to be able to apply that information to your life. You're not going to succeed, right? Over time, at least over the course of a week, is the bare minimum to get started. You know, it takes takes 63 days to form a long-term memory. So for something to really become a, a part of your thinking, it takes a long time, 63 days. You know, that's why we we do and and have done over the years 90-day journeys here at the church because it takes that amount of time for something to really become second nature, for something to become a habit. And right now, one of the fears that I, I have and a lot of pastors have uh, as a result of the coronavirus is that that's been way more than 90 days now. And so there's a lot of concern that we've developed these new habits that don't involve getting in community with other believers. And that's a danger. That's a real serious danger we have. And isolation has become the new habit. And so what are we going to do about that? You know, I'm not going to get into the whole debate about, you know, you know, the coronavirus and all that stuff. So just drop that for now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, anyway, so but if your your context, your if your context in your home does not support it, at least over the next six days, what you were talking, what we talked about this last Sunday, then you're not going to be able to live that out. And and if you miss a Sunday and and you know, and you start to lose the rhythm of that, right? Then you're then there's just so many things that have to play together for us to really mature in Christ. And and we've and we've tried to oversimplify it over the years. And I know that that's it's good to simplify things, but. But real life change, real transformation, as simple as we might try to make it out to be, is not simple. Jesus himself did not just give one simple principle and then say good luck when he was training the disciples how to be his followers. 
Now, at the end of his ministry, after Jesus had spent three years, two and a half, three years with these disciples all day, every day, walking with them, teaching them, talking with them, having a relationship with them, exemplifying for them what he was talking about, at the end of that, he did boil it down to one thing. But they had the three years of context to know what he meant by love one another as I have loved you, so also you must love one another. And they were about to witness him go to the cross for them. So they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt what Jesus was teaching. Now, if you take a phrase like that out of the context of Jesus' ministry, it loses its punch, right? I mean, so love one another as I have loved you. Well, let's imagine that I'm teaching you that command, and, and but I'm not talking about sacrifice. In fact, I'm not living any kind of example of sacrifice. I'm not giving up anything for you as your leader. Uh, you know, so, and, and in fact, like as I have loved you, could actually be pretty shallow because you know how have I loved you? you know, I mean, what what have you done for me, Pastor? I mean, how have you loved me? I mean, what what have you sacrificed for me? And so, if you're looking just at me, and that's my teaching to you, and I, and the first time I meet you, I say. As I have loved you, so also you should love one another. And that's all we ever, that's the extent of our interaction. You're going to define love a lot differently than Jesus defined love. But if you know because you spent three years in the context of Jesus's ministry and you saw what, what love meant to Jesus because he went to the cross and died for you, then you have the context to support applying that principle to your life. Right? Lastly, multiplied by God. It may sound like I'm trying to make us just make it all about science and we can, you know, you can, you can life hack your way to discipleship. You can life hack your way to being a follower of Jesus Christ. You don't need God. You can do it on your own. I absolutely am not teaching that in any way, shape, or form. The, the context of this, the surrounding, you know, the, you know the, the parentheses of all of that science, right? Information plus application over time, surrounded by context and community. That's all within the parentheses. It's multiplied by God. It's all but to the power of God, multiplied by what God can do, right? It is God who ultimately brings the transformation. It's God who ultimately changes our heart. It's God who ultimately gives us a new heart. It's God who does the internal work in us. But all of these things are, are the point of them is really to create the foundation, the groundwork through which God can work. And so much of the time in the Christian community, we don't give God a fighting chance because we don't give him the, the, the foundation he needs in our life our lives to to really be able to change us. And so we say, well, God changed me, and we expect him to radically, miraculously change me in an instant. And then we walk away disappointed because the next day we slip up and fall. And we blame God for not changing us. When the reality is, we didn't give God a fighting chance. We didn't give God the context he needed to be able to change us and transform us. So if we really want to be transformed, we have to make sure that we've given God the chance, and then when we give Him that, that, that framework, the ability, the space, the foundation in our lives, when we've really surrendered all of our lives to Him, right, the context and the community and everything about our lives, when we've really surrendered to Him, then He can do His work. God will not force Himself on you. God will not 
overpower you with his, you know, with his sovereignty, with his omnipotence to force himself and his change on you. He will not do that. He wants you to want it. He wants me to want it. We have to want his change and transformation in our lives. And these are the these are the things we have to do so that we can create the space for him to do it. And then when we've done that, it's multiplied to the power of God, then God really just does exponential work in our lives. All of that is how we change. All of that is how we are transformed. Information plus application over time, surrounded by a supportive community and a supportive context, multiplied by God to the power of God equals transformation. Now, I've made up a graphic for this. It will be in this post uh, on the JesusHabit.com, so you can see a visual representation of this in, in case it's still confusing to you. Um, but I'd encourage you to go over to the JesusHabit.com and look at that and download that, save that, so that you've got a, a visual idea of it in your head. But this is, I think, at least, and there may be some missing components to that, and I've, I've tried my best to make it complete and at the same time simple. This is as simple as I can make it and still not really leave out any key components. So, again, building on what we talked about last week, the content, the context, and the community of discipleship, it's information plus application. Information is the content. Information plus application over time, surrounded by a supportive community and a supportive context, multiplied by God, equals transformation. That is how we change and become more like Christ. So, like we say at the start of this podcast, using scripture and science to make your new nature in Christ second nature, if we want to really have this, this nature of Christ become our second nature, this is what we've got to do. This is what it looks like. It's not easy, it's not simple, but it is definitely worth it. Thanks so much for listening to uh, this episode. We'll be back next week with some more of the science and the technique and the theory behind the idea of the Jesus habit. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. www.thejesushabit.com